Hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com My name's Jason Newland This is Let Me Bore You to Sleep Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes Yeah, so hope you're well Hope you're <laughs> excited about the next hour <gasps> Andre is doing something in the bedroom I'm not sure what I've just given him some dinner but yeah, i tell you the good thing about him one of the good things I like about him is oh, I can't think of anything one of the things I like is he's not greedy generally he is sometimes so if I'm eating something and he wants it then he's greedy but he always knows when he's had enough Uh, I give him a bowl of food he eats Sometimes you'll only eat a quarter of it and or maybe half of it and it'll it'll leave it for later. So he's not I mean, when he was little because he grew up well, he was born with brothers and sisters and stuff and they all used to fight over the food. So when he came to me he'd only been eating I suppose they used to fight over the nipples the mother's you know food and then uh, when they went on to hard food they would be fighting over that as well so when he came in when he first got here he used to scoff down every single bit of food that he got given over time he realises that I'm not going to be eating his food. I think he first of all he uh, he looked at me, looked at my belly, and he thought, "I'm not chancing this. I'm eating this food now. It might not be left <laughs> for later." It's like it's very rude, isn't it? Just assume that I've got a belly that I eat cat food, that I steal food from a ferret. Hello, Andre. Let's see if I can pick him up. No, he's gone off the other side of the room. If he knows I'm going to pick him up, he runs away. For some reason. He likes playing, he likes that, he likes me chasing him. Don't you, Andre? Yes, you do, I can see you. If he comes over, I'm going to pick him up. And, uh though you probably might hear him in the background he's rustling around oh oh he's very uh Andre look look what's that
is under the chair, so I can't get to him. It's very clever. It's very clever the way he hides. He positions himself in places that he knows I can't grab him. Hello. Hello. You alright? You okay? Is that my tummy? Is that daddy's tummy? I just had something to eat a little while ago and my stomach has gone gurgly burbly, hasn't it? Are you giving me kisses? You are beautiful, aren't you? When you're not pooing. <laughs> Little poo machine. That's what you are. The cutest poo machine in the whole wide world. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> He's just staring at me now. What are you staring at me for? Okay, he wants to get down. Go on then. Get down and do your thing. Whatever your thing might be. <sighs> I'm very tired. I'm tired. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, the adverts are back. <laughs> So that's it. I have not. I'm not even going to talk about it. It's uh, if I can't make something of this, doing this stuff online. If I can't turn it into something that is able to support me, then there doesn't seem a lot of point after all these years I think I should it's time yeah it is time to do that thing it's time what's it it's time to play the music it's time to it's time to Have I had any messages? Have I? I think I did get a message. I think I got a nice message earlier. But I can't remember where I read it. But it was nice. It was. Let me check. Did I get it? There. No. Did I get it? There's an email. Hmm. Mm, 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 mm. I think I did. Okay, no. I've lost it. I had a message from someone. Sent me a message, obviously. 
got a message from someone who sent me a message and I can't find it but it was nice they were saying nice things but I can't find a thing unless it was last night ah there we go here we go nope This is from Kissy. It was, hi Jason. I just want to say I love your podcast. They help me when I'm in pain. I have to get my wisdom teeth pulled out. So listening to your podcast helps to relax the pain. So thank you for that. It's nice to know. Um, Okay, again, I didn't, I've already read that one out, so yeah, that's the only one then. So if you want to leave a message, you can go to my website. All of my recordings are on my website available to stream for free, and also there is a download link next to every recording. So that's there. Um, yeah, they're all in. Uh, it's all organised, it's nice, nice and neat, just like my toe clippings I've collected for the last 17 years, very neatly, all into a little book with dates. God, that sounds wrong, that's, that's a territory that I don't want to go into, no, 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 no. So the last couple of days have not felt hugely wonderful yesterday I mentioned that I wasn't feeling great and today I've, again I went through a period when I was feeling alright and then, then I didn't and you know it's just how it is but I'm feeling I think a bit better now feeling tired definitely feeling tired But I've got a few plans in the in the uh, planned. Got a few plans planned. So the I'm looking forward to getting the exercise bike because I think it's going to help to transform my fitness levels, especially cardiovascular ones. I've been working out on the punch bag a bit more often, which is good. Um, yeah, I'm just going to do like an overall workout, but I like to do things slowly. I'm a very, I suppose methodical would be a quite a good word. Uh, I know that my body can, I know that I can reduce the fat from my body and I know that I've done it quite a few times over the years so I know it's possible and I know how to do it so it's um, I've been doing a bit of research a bit extra research online watching some videos aimed at people like me and a lot of people over the age of 50 get fit people that are less fit than me 
because yeah, you know, I've got a belly and I'm overweight. Tech, you know, I suppose fat-wise, I'm <laughs> I'm fat. You know, I'm overweight, but it's not all over fat. I'm not fat. Uh, I'm I'm sure I've got uh, levels of fat everywhere probably as well, but it's less so than you know. I don't have fat legs really. Although I'm sure there is cellulite in my legs, that's guaranteed there is. But uh, the thing is, I've got the time to do it, but I don't feel very motivated to do it. I like punching a punch bag when I feel like punching a punch bag because it's fun. doing sit-ups and I've got a sit-up bench that I bought about probably two years ago now I've had it for quite a while and I can't remember the last time I used it in fact it was in my bedroom I forgot I had it because it was covered up with clothes I do you know there's I've got different types of clothes that I wear there's the clothes I wear when I'm indoors which is just um, I suppose uh, you know tracksuit bottoms although I need to get some decent ones because these ones are falling apart but I've got four sets of tracksuit bottoms which means I've always got hopefully at least two spare pairs to wear and then usually when I'm down to even my I've got one pair left that hasn't been worn yet and I'm still wearing a pair then I'll wash the other two or maybe wash three and put the new one on and you know there's obviously there's the underpants and socks you know the uh, the stuff that no one, no one no human would want to touch with their bare hands that stuff that's why I was always very kind to my laundrette lady because I, I had the same, I did. I had the same laundrette lady for for how many years? Yeah, at least seven years. Yeah, she was my laundrette lady for seven years, and I think she became all my laundrette lady again for a while as well in two thousand and one. Uh, but then I had a washing machine that I could use at the end of 2007 uh, for four years I think it was, yeah not the end of the sort of summer well, I don't know, whenever it was and the funny thing about it is well it's not funny, it's not really a funny story but it's a true story I've met some nice people in my life and I would say we, I'm guessing we all have and I know some people say well everyone's nice and some people say well everyone's horrible you know it depends on people's moods and stuff but there's levels of niceness <laughs> if you know what I mean and I, there was a, I was working in this um it was an agency work so I was working in this factory this you know it wasn't a proper job but it paid me I think uh, 100 100 pound a week 
which was enough to live on. You know, I was living week to week. Rent at the time probably about forty pound a week, and I'll just work out the rest. I mean, I didn't have any bills, uh, so it was basically I was left with sixty pound in order to pay for everything that I needed to buy. So it was clothes, food, uh, I don't know, travel, you know, those kinds of things. So I got by. I got by really well. Really, Technically, I was quite good because I was used to having nothing. So like money-wise, once I started working... It was weird, though, but this is, not, this is 1989. This is... Because I moved to London... And I moved back to where my dad lives, and I stayed with him for April 1990 until um, probably July 1990. So I was there for about four months, and my dad was brilliant for letting me stay there, and we got on really well. Because I stayed with him for three three different times since um, I left school. Because I was living on my own. And I stayed with him three times. Uh, the first time, I was with him and I moved out after... Yeah, I wasn't there long. I moved I moved out after probably three months. Two, three months. The second time I moved in he asked me to move out. So I, I did something that upset him, but he didn't never tell me what it was. But he kind of it was a different relationship. He couldn't shout at me. I was an adult by then. Not mentally, but um not really physically either, I was still I think I had pubes, I don't know, but I was still, you know, 18, so I was quite young. The second time. And then when I moved in uh, the third time, oh, he didn't charge me any rent, by the way, on any of those occasions. Never charged me any rent. Um, I'm sure I gave him something the third time because I was, I had quite a good amount of money coming in things were going really well for me but it was weird you know I'm telling you all this personal stuff so I moved I moved away I was doing in 1989 I was still a kid I was 18 as a teenager but I was a very immature even though I was living on my own, I'd lived on my own since I was 16, I was still very immature, if that makes any sense. And I know some people say, well, all 18-year-olds are immature, but I don't know. You know, for, for me, uh, yeah, I, I've, I still felt like a kid. I still felt like I was at school, in a way in some ways uh, independent but not doing a great job of it <laughs> if you know what I mean um, 
do I know what I mean? I'm not sure. Anyway, I moved to London because I had my I had a job canvassing, double glazing. So I used to knock on people's doors and Hello, sorry for disturbing you. I'm my name is Jason. I'm <laughs> I'm with Wishmore Windows or whatever the window company was. Um do you need any windows done? No, go away. How about a conservatory? No, go away. How about some doors? No, go away. Do you need your driveway done? No, go away. Uh, you know, bathroom cleaned, nothing. So basically, I think I learnt, I learnt a lot when I did that job. That was probably the best job I ever had for learning what 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 did I learn? Well, I came out of my shell, so it coincided the summer, so I literally oh God, I'll tell you what nineteen. 89 was a weird year really a lot happened really so the beginning of the year let's start from the very first day of the year I got sacked so I was working New Year's Eve till probably 2 o'clock in the morning 1 o'clock in the morning whatever time it was we finished the, the pub finished because I had a bar job and was told that the till was short of money and I had to go back in the morning for tr more training uh, I'd been working there for a month probably maybe five six weeks and I said well I've got my dinner at my nanny granddad's because I worked Christmas day so I didn't have a Christmas dinner and I was invited to have Christmas dinner at my dad's or I think my nanny granddad and my dad and they were, you know all together so I told them I couldn't because my shift was Christmas so I had to do I was at that age where I just did what I was told kind of with jobs anyway and so I said to them I've got my nanny granddad's for dinner New Year's Day they said, if you don't turn up, you're sacked. And I said, well, I'm not turning up then, I quit. Uh, you know, so that's it, so I quit, done. And I went home, I went to my nanny and granddad's for my dinner, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day dinner. And... I don't think I told anybody about the job because it was New Year's, you know, it was a celebration. I didn't really want to start talking about how I lost my job. Um, so I started the new year without a job. Then I find out that the person uh, 
the manager of the bar was telling the customers who'd got to know me a little bit, you know, in those six weeks, whatever, that I was working there. They knew who I was, and quite often it was just me on my own in the bar because the manager did very little. And um, told them all that, told us the, the, the customers that I was, I was sacked for stealing. Now, in my defence, I would say, how can I be sacked for doing something that they, that they did not catch me doing? No, I didn't steal anything. I mean, what, how, you can't, well, I'm not a mathematician. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Um, I'm not a mathematician. But I know that with a till, and this is the old days, this is, it wasn't, we didn't use abacuses, it wasn't that old. Um, chalkboards, you know, but the tills were made of metal, they weren't made of wood. But nowadays you don't really need to have mathematic ability to add up stuff in bars because I've worked in bars since that time and it's a lot easier. Um, let me tell you about it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. But I knew how to use a till because I'd spent two years in a chip shop taking people's money and I was adding up stuff but I could add it up onto the on the thing, you know, add because you can use tells you can add stuff up to it doesn't you don't have to put in the full amount. Well, the till in the bar for some reason they didn't have any of that stuff. It's very it's like the till was even older than the, the one in the chip shop. But we still had to know the prices of things to put in. So it wasn't like any pictures or anything and it wasn't no presets. They didn't if tills like that existed then, I never saw one. And I worked in the co op as well. They didn't have any of that. Uh, which is a or a supermarket. And I was always making mistakes there as well. I think it was for me the pressure. The pressure, the pressure of having loads of people all queuing up, staring at me, and people coming in and buying tons and tons of food. It just became a little bit, you know, a little bit too much sometimes, and I'd make mistakes. And but it was never to take money for myself simply because well even at school I would know if you put in two pound let's say you put in or two dollars or say five dollars five pound whatever into a till a till opens and if you only put in three pound into that till and you keep two pound in your pocket or three dollars and you keep two dollars in your pocket and you close the till the till is going to be short 
£2. And it's going to show up. They're going to see that it's short. Now, if you put in, if you're going to do it, you put in £2, type in £3 or whatever, put £3 in the till, and you keep the other £2 for yourself. If if you're going to be that way inclined, I mean, it's a lot harder now, but it used to be easy. But I'm not a thief, so I didn't do it. So then I'm thinking, well, I used to, I said to the person at the bar, I said, why would I, why would I take money and then put in a different amount in the till, put in more in the till, because it's not gonna. I think they didn't realise because when I was at the chip shop I used to actually t tally up so I used to count the money I'm pretty sure they counted it after me but after a while of being there I used to count the money and make sure it was all um, there so I knew how to count money oh, I'm a very clever boy me <laughs> I am I can count stuff but I was trusted with that I'm not I'm not a fee, you know, I don't take money off people, never have, never took other people's money. It's not something that I even really think of doing. It's like, well, if it don't if it don't belong to you, you don't take it, do you? It's it's fairly basic stuff. I I know some people don't seem to have that part of their brain activated. But I do, so there you go. And what is it? Yeah, so I couldn't believe that they thought I was that dumb that I would, if I was going to steal, I'd have done it in a way that they wouldn't know. But yeah, anyway, they got. This is all going to come together because this involves stealing as well. Like I was stealing stuff. Yeah. Um. But I do want to talk about my friend Jim, uh, who passed away. But I want to talk about him. I'm not going to go into details for that, but it all connects with the lady that did my laundry. See, it's all connected story. <coughs> Believe it or not. Oh, it's a drink there. So, okay. So, what did I do? Oh, yeah. I, um,. So I started the new year without a job. Didn't know what to do. Got into a, a kerfuffle with one of the people that I worked with, that, that I lived with, and I had to get out of there. And I found a job. I think I stayed at a friend's house, found a job, and uh, my dad put me up uh, for a little while because well, I had that, that job and then he wanted me to move out because I think I was I think I was just maybe a bit annoying at the time actually I think it's because I worked at the same company that he worked at and if the staff were doing the same to him as what they're doing to me then I think he'd have got wound up because there was lorry drivers there that were making fun of my dad 
and if they were doing the same to him I mean I used to tell them to shut up but I was you know some of these lorry drivers their arms were bigger than my legs but you know this what could I do I still tell them to shut up and so I was 18 yeah I was 18 and I had that job for a while the man the boss I remember the interview I said he said have you got any questions I said yeah when do I start and he seemed to find that amusing so he said I'll start Monday so I did so I started Monday and it was in this um, it was the same company as my dad's but it was a different department because he was he'd been there a while doing um, lots of you know other things I never saw him I never saw him uh, at the job but I was in the haulage company uh, organising the lorries to pick up and drop off off stuff uh, and I couldn't really get a hang of it I'd never worked in an office I have done since so I know my way around administration now having done a lot of administration over the years back then never even touched a computer uh, even when my dad I mean my dad got us is it Sinclair? What was the original 2000s, whatever? The original computers that came out back in the 80s, the early 80s. My dad got them. I had no interest. My my brother did. He loved it. He used to sort of write code and get the computer screen to wave at him and stuff. But me, nah. Not my thing. But suddenly I'm there having to sort of learn how to use the telex machine telex machine for those that don't know what a telex machine is I'm still not sure <laughs> honestly I mean in the late 90s it still took me a few weeks to learn how to use a fax honestly it's just I was never great with learning new technology or see if I'm honest if I I'm, I'm moving the microphone about if I'm honest with new employees no, new employers rather and I said I'm a slow learner I probably would never have got a job I have to pretend yeah I'm a quick learner like, but I'm not So what could I say? Um, if I was in school now, I mean, genuinely, I would be in a remedial class. Not not in my age, but I would be in the slow. I mean, I was classed as a dunce when I was at school. Um, I'm a bit slow. I'm not slow as in dumb or unintelligent. I'm just... It's the bit not always my brain works a million miles an hour sometimes but 
<laughs> um, it kind of has, has to be active. <laughs> it has to be activated, and I don't always know how to do that. When someone, so let's if someone, so if I'm in a conversation with somebody, and they say something that's ridiculous, or maybe they say something that is aimed at me, suddenly full activation and the brain and everything my mouth million miles an hour but generally I'm quite slow I talk slowly everything I do is pretty slow and as far as learning um one of the ways I learnt I've learnt stuff over the years is that Andre? sometimes I hear Andre I think he snores Andre snores did you know that? he does he goes been less saucy lately hasn't given his girlfriend much attention lately the last couple of weeks he used to, he was at it all the time two three times a day now it, I guess it's seasonal change you know it's it's turned from summer to autumn literally like overnight which is kind of weird although the leaves on the trees are still pretty um, yeah pretty solid at the moment and green they're not turned brown yet I don't know where he is. Anyway, um, I've lost my track. <laughs> there he is, found it. I. It's nineteen eighty nine. So yeah, so I. Bim 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 bim. Oh yeah, no, that's a different story. 1989 stick to the year let's stick to the year what did I do in 1989 okay here's what I did I left that job because I didn't like that job and the boss went off ill for ages and ages and ages and left me on my own and I'd only been there for about three weeks I couldn't even do a telex properly and it left me on my own to answer the phones to organise pickups and drop offs and all this kinds of stuff I had to do the wages <laughs> I had to do the wages for the lorry drivers and I messed up 
proper messed up and the one thing you well pretty much you don't do to any employee is they weren't my employees but you don't do you don't mess up the wages for employees people work because they need to work they don't do it just for the fun of it and some of them I find it ironic though don't complain when they get paid too much but complain when they get paid too little and because I messed up you know I think it was like three weeks and then someone came along and said because I've been doing it for three weeks and they said yeah shouting you paid me too little yeah, and, I, and so what my boss did is and uh, this is before we went on Phil he checked all of the wage slips that I'd done for I think there was probably about 20, 30 lorry drivers so he checked all three weeks worth including a week where I'd messed up and I'd messed up previous weeks as well but it'd been the other way around I'd paid them too much they were livid I remember one saying oh should we just we should we hadn't said anything now because you were you were you know you were messing up but you were paying us more before I didn't mean to do that either <laughs> so yeah I messed I messed up a lot in that job and that if I'm honest with you I don't like to be honest but if I am I started that job with probably the most with the intention of doing the best possible job I could do genuinely uh, partly because I'd just come out of quite a traumatic situation so I, I was a little bit kind of feeling grateful that I got through that my dad gave me somewhere to live because I'd become homeless again so he helped he sort of saved me on that one so I felt grateful there so I almost wanted to show him that I could be a success plus I was working in the same place he was going to be work that he worked so I didn't want to embarrass him <laughs> too late there I think I'd done that long before I even left school <laughs> But, you know, I had a job that was in shipping. And it's kind of a similar similar kind of role. Because in shipping, you, you're putting stuff onto lorries, on, onto uh, ships. Uh, in this case, it was putting stuff onto lorries. So there's kind of a co... Plus the stuff that went on the ships came from the lorries. So there was a crossover my friend had worked in a shipping place for I think two years or a year over a year so he knew what it was like to work in an office environment so he he gave me some pointers and he said just take notes listen to what you're told write down what you're told so don't try and just remember it I mean I've been to school with him so he kind of knew <laughs> he knew me quite well I think so I did. I took a pad into work with me and a copy of the Financial Times. <laughs> For those who don't know what that is, it's a pink paper and it's ba 
basically it's for people that are into financial stuff uh, I'm guessing most people that read the Financial Times can do their times tables I couldn't you know I could do ones twos actually I can I can do the times table like one after another you know like because uh, it's easy isn't it you just take off three for the next one well, not three depending on which one it is that's, that's sounding really silly so if, it, if it's one plus one <laughs> two three uh, four <laughs> okay so there's the one the ones two four six eight ten twelve that was easy Three's got a little bit more complicated. But three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, 21 24 27 30 see I was not using my fingers you got no proof of that 4 times table 4 8 12 there's a lot of correlation between the 3 and 4s isn't there I think so four, and the 2s as well it's not very 4 8 it's because it's a even number so four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty. So that was easy. Now wait a minute. Four, yeah, twenty-four, eight, whatever. Five times so easy. Five, ten, blah blah. So that's an easy one. Six, seven, eight. Were the ones that I found the hardest. Nine is easy. Because it's just take one off. So nine. The next one's nineteen. Take away one. Eighteen. Eighteen. Twenty-eight. Take away one. Twenty-seven. Thirty-seven. Take away one. Thirty-six. Forty-six. Take away one. Forty-five. Fifty-five. Take away one. Fifty-four. Sixty-four. Take away one. Sixty-three. 73 take away 1 72 82 take away 1 81 92 not, oh, you know what I mean it's basically 19 um, yeah so yes it's plus it's just add 10 take away 1 and that's the number isn't it 9 plus 10 take away 1 is 18 18 plus 10 take away 1 is 27 you know that's what I mean so I found it easy to do the 9 times table even though I just did it wrong but you know generally 
10 times table. So I used to think the fact that I could do a 10, a 10 times table meant that I'd already excelled. Why learn all the other little ones? I've already learned the big one. I've done the top one. I've learned that off by art. So why, you know, I just missed the little ones out. I can do the one times table. I can do the five times table. I can do 10 times table. Those are the big ones. Who cares about six and sevens and eights? Get a little bit stuck sometimes when people say, well, what's seven sevens? Who cares? What are you asking me? <laughs> what are you asking me for? Haven't you got a calculator? What's ten sevens? Well, it's, you know, it's... Some people like to add up the amount of sevens, but I like to add the tens. Like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. 10 sevens. What seven sevens? Seven tens take away three. No, seven, 10 sevens take away three sevens. Or five sevens, what's five sevens? Or what's ten sevens? And half it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's different ways. <laughs> I just squeaked when I laughed. It's different ways of doing it. Anyway. Um so I was really, 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 really quite awful at that job. The thing about it is, and I'm going off on one now, but there was a manager, he was one of the top bosses of the company, came down to look after the place and just check up on me because I was there so much on my own that he was concerned. They were like, well, they, they couldn't replace the manager because he was ill so they couldn't replace him because he didn't leave eventually he did leave but at that time they didn't couldn't replace him and they didn't have anyone I think they were waiting for someone else to come in and sort of look after the place but they didn't have anyone at that time so one of the bosses and he must have been in his 50s maybe even 60s came in and spent the day he spent a few days with me actually one of the nicest people I've ever met at that time really nice and you know what he said to me he actually said to me and it sound, he, I don't know why he said this to me but he said Stuart I think that you've got a really good uh, future ahead of you <laughs> Stuart I said uh who used to call me Justin? Like just in. I think it's very rude, isn't it? Jason. I used to know, so I used to work with someone called Justin, and he always had his hands down his pants. I worked, this is an adult. Pants, always hands, he had tracksuit top bottoms on. Hands always down there. You'd have thought someone would mention it, wouldn't you? 
so I yeah I mentioned it yeah I would definitely did I this this man this manager he said to me and I don't know why he said it but he said it was really he seemed quite like he meant it he said that I I was going to go a long way I, he said yeah, I got a lot going for me and I was going to go a long way and I admit it I did feel uncomfortable um, partly because I don't think I'd ever had anyone like an adult well probably anyone really show any kind of faith in me up to that point probably never ever had an adult really tell me that I was worth something that I could be um, more you know that I had I had potential so I felt I did feel a bit uncomfortable plus he was holding my knee but apart from that it was um, no he wasn't not my knee and I so you know I ended up going to a computer course and he was there as well and I had lunch with him and one of the other like bosses like the proper bosses of the place this is when the other man came back from from his uh, being off and then we get back and he's off again and I stayed in this hotel in Harrogate big the nicest place I've ever been not Harrogate obviously but I don't I can't remember I saw nothing of Harrogate I got on the train I think or maybe a coach and I got off and went to the hotel and that was it I didn't get off and go you know got off the train or the coach went to the hotel lovely hotel it was and uh, yeah so I had a, did a computer course I can't remember what I did. I think I spent three days there. It might have been five days, I don't know. But it was a few days. I think it was about... It was too long anyway. However long it was, it was way too long. And, I mean, I felt like saying, well, teach me how to use the uh, the printer first, will you? I don't even know how to use a Tipex yet. Can you, you know, teach me that? Let's work up, work our way up. And eventually I left the job. I phoned up my friend who is my super my former supervisor at the factory that I used to work, which used to make meters. And I phoned him up and I said, listen can I have my job back please please I beg you and he said yeah start Monday that was it so handed me notice in said that's it bye not coming back and started work the Monday so I left on the Friday night and I went back to work on the Monday the other place that I used to work at the, the previous year And 
I think, I think, I think, I think, um, <laughs> I'm not sure, I think I might have, that's when I got somewhere else to live. I lose, I lose a little bit of, um, memory sometimes about how, what all the things happened. But I definitely moved out of there. Got somewhere else to live. So I just I left, moved out my dad's because he wanted me out. Still, still let me come back the following year. Uh, just needed a break. Needed a year off. And so I worked in that job. It was shift work. Mornings, six till two, and then two till ten. Like alternate weeks. Easy job. As long as you could read. It was like lots of connecting labels to boxes and putting boxes on. You know, making sure things were in the right place, basically. That's all. And I was back, kind of where I felt comfortable. And, oh, I know what happened. Yeah, I moved out of my dad's and I went, I... Yeah, that's it. I moved at my dad's and I went and stayed at my friend's mother's house. She put me up for a little while and she didn't like live with me either. She used to moan because I was having a bath in the morning. You know, when I had to, when I was doing the early shift, I'd need to leave at half five to get there by six. So it's quite a yeah, fair walk. And she'd moan because I was getting up in the morning and having a bath. I mean, in my mind, I was getting up in the morning and cleaning myself for the day ahead so I didn't stink. But, you know, she didn't sort of see it that way. She's like, well, why don't you have a bath in the, in the evening, go to bed and spend eight hours sweating <laughs> in your bed, then get up. And just put your clothes on and go to go to work. Like, uh, yeah, that sounds nice. What a great idea. So, uh, yeah, eventually that that became a bit like oh, hard work. And so this is eighty nine, right? This is what I do next. I. I leave the job. And decide to go to Spain. I decide to move to Spain. Like permanently. Or at the very least for the summer. Get a job. And hopefully maybe buy work. Because you know I'm so good at it. So I'm you know, good at making decisions back then. Not that much better now. 
so I went you know I didn't you know I basically had probably I left on the Sunday I think it was or Monday morning I got paid on the Thursday didn't wait till I got paid so I had a month's salary going into my bank on a Thursday in those days you didn't you couldn't draw money out of bank machines in other countries uh, you know it's the, the kind of account I had it was a savings account and you know it wasn't I'm not even sure if there was cash machines back then I'm sure there were but what I did and I had enough money because I was working I wasn't really spending much I decided to just go with what I had so I must have had probably a couple of hundred pound maybe a hundred and fifty pound I bought the train the, the plane tickets and return they wouldn't sell me one unless it was a return and they this is whatever company it was and then there was the I had to get a coach to the airport which is quite a long journey and then there is something like a 22 hour wait for the for the plane it was ridiculous I got this I think I guess it was delayed but I got there probably about 10 o'clock in the morning 11 o'clock and the tr the bus the, the f I go through all the different um, transport things the bike the plane the plane wasn't taken off until I think 8.30 the next morning so yeah I guess that was about 22 hours isn't it so I had the time of my life really I was talking to girls I was just eating you know because there was stuff at the you couldn't have a good time in an airport well I don't know maybe not so much now but back then really because everything you got everything you need books shops news agents as much food toilets places you can sleep if you you know if you don't mind where you sleep and if you need to get some fresh air you just go out of the airport and just have a you know a cigarette or whatever you want to do when you go out have a little dance brilliant I loved it I actually read at least three Woody Allen books during my wait like three paperback Woody Allen books laughing my head off if you've never read a Woody Allen book it's really worth it um like the early stuff uh, I think like Radio Days is one really funny honestly but uh, anyway I 
also read, uh, yeah, I read Viz, and I think it was the first time I'd ever read Viz. And I was reading that on at the at the bus stop as I was waiting for the coach. And I think I was reading it on the bus as well on the coach. I was laughing my toes off. I was really laughing. It was so funny. So I went to Spain. Got there. I mean, I'm, oh, this is going on forever, isn't it? So I won't, I'll miss out a few little bits. Uh, so I got there, got ripped off by a taxi driver. So I came back. I came back to no job and no home. So the job had gone because I didn't turn up, and the my home. I basically my landlady or my former landlady who I just left. Uh, she said I could stay there the night because I just come back late at night and I had nowhere to stay but I had to be out the next day so it wasn't too difficult finding somewhere because I had wait a minute yeah I know what I did I found somewhere to stay for free um, I think I stayed with a friend and then I was just, just like just people's cities and stuff and then I ended up staying at another place where I was working for nothing I was babysitting their child so I was, I was sleeping on the, in, on the living room back to sleeping on a camper bed in the living room in fact it might have just been on some cushions while they were doing a night shift and their child was upstairs asleep and then these are people I'd met at the factory that I worked at and then bless them they'd come home at 2 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning and have their lunch like yeah brilliant that's just really and they wonder and then they they didn't need me anymore and I think the I think the little girl she went on holiday or stayed yeah I think the summer holidays came up and she went and stayed with her dad for the holidays and then I started staying out because I couldn't stand being there because basically it was just rubbish and in the end I yeah I moved out they moved away I found somewhere else to live at that point I'd started writing my journals so I was starting to come out of my chip not my cherry start coming out of my just you know becoming part of, like finding my own identity I suppose and then I what did I do don't even know what I did again I must have oh wow I mean I've had 
I had a job in an old people's home cooking uh, cleaning jobs I had yeah so I had a few different things and then I got the job as a canvasser doing double glazing and that was really good and then that came to an end the the company that was selling the double glazing that we were working for he wanted to just to spend the same money he wanted to spend money on advertising rather than on us uh, as it is he went back to the canvases again but I'd left by then I was in London and I did come back and work for him for a while again the next year so the end or autumn to no, the autumn nineteen eighty nine, I moved to London and worked in on an agency for this factory thing in this factory place, very small at the time. Um, turned out being a big, quite big operation, but when I was there, it was pretty small, not not that many staff, and very personable. It was nice. I quite liked it. The job was hard, and the people I worked with were kind of old school, like really like pushed full on, get the job done, have a laugh afterwards, kind of, but just get the job done. It was there was no messing around really, and I was earning a tiny amount of money. I was renting a room. And I met someone called Jim, a really nice bloke. And I think he was like F. Oh, he was from. I think he was from Jamaica, I think. And really cool, cool bloke. Liked his brandy. And he offered me to stay with him. And so I did. I moved in because he told me that he'd been mugged and he came in one day with a black eye and I was like oh he'd been mugged I thought oh okay I kind of I kind of wanted to look after him a little bit not that he didn't need me to look after him but I wasn't worried about that stuff I didn't really you know I don't think I was really the target because he was a lot older than I was and I guess I don't know but he said he needs basically what happened is I got on really well with him worked with him and then his friend his friend gave him a leg of lamb to take home okay his le- his his friend was uh, a supervisor gave it to him he got caught by the security guard got searched got arrested lost his job and I wanted to help him out because after after that I went and saw him I think because I, I knew where he lived I went and saw him asked him how he was and he said oh I don't know what I'm going to do you know uh, money wise it's going to be hard and I said well and eventually I don't know how he came around it but he offered me to rent his room out one of his rooms you know he had a lovely flat 
big, big, probably, what, it's the old-fashioned council flats in the cat the, the tower blocks, but big, really nice. And so I moved in there, and I still kept myself to myself, I wasn't really, he had a girlfriend, I didn't really uh, want to get involved in in you know he was doing his own thing with her and she got arguing and stuff and you know the, and I think he was a bit he was a bit of a drinker and yeah see he, he yeah anyway so he passed away and I moved out his girlfriend ended up being my laundrette lady And we never, we didn't talk about Jim. We didn't talk about him for years and years and years. We didn't even acknowledge that we knew each other. And then, probably, because I moved out of London again, I came back in 91. It was probably 92, 93 that I started to be friends with her. And she asked me, she thought it was weird that I moved out so quickly. Uh, like suspicious or something. And I just said I was just freaked out, that's all it was. Um, you know, I couldn't have liked someone more than I liked Jim. He was lovely. Honestly, he was, yeah, he was really nice. And the ironic thing is, he had, I think, a twin brother or a brother that looked exactly like him. And she moved in, he moved in, and she started dating him. And she was about three foot tall. I'm not joking, she was about four foot tall. Really, really tiny. I remember, um, remember I had to give her a bunk up onto my shoulders so she could, could get the cup of tea off the table. And do you remember that scene from E.T. where he's running around and he's got, got that cloth over him? He's like, I think it's um, Halloween or something. It's a, it was like that when she was doing laundry. So things would just get like, fall on her and she'd be running around like oh get it off get it off <laughs> so 89 I worked the Christmas at the place gave cards out to everyone no one gave a card to me no one gave a card to each other I think I was probably the first person in the history of that company ever to give cards out to each other. You know, it was almost foreign to them. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I had no friends. I was in East London. I knew nobody apart from the people I worked with. And I kind of suppose I, I spoke to couple of people I lived with as well 
so they were kind of my closest friends was the people I worked with I was spending eight hours a day with them yeah and then I carried on working January February March and I remember I got some new glasses for reading I think I sat on them uh, I didn't mean to I didn't purposely sit on them I know what I'm going to do I'm going to sit on my glasses on board no I, I, you know, I sat down on them but I used to be able to open my window and there was a window sill but it was uh, on a kind of roof that I could sit outside and as soon as the weather started to get nice and it was getting lighter in the evening so probably February time I used to get home I'd be finishing work at th about 3.30 in them days so I'd be home by about 4 they changed the change it to about 3.30 or was it 4.30 I don't know yeah I think it was about 3.30 uh, so yeah it'd be nice and I'd read I'd go to bed go to work you know same thing and Then my friend, I contacted my friend who's doing a canvas and he said, Yeah, there's a job here for you if you want. So I, you know, phoned my dad up, told him, and he said, Yeah, you can come back. All my stuff was at my dad's. So I had DVD, you know, I didn't have DVDs back then, videos, albums, books, stuff basically. Um, I left it with him so they were all kind of stored in his in his room in his um, not in his room in his house so when I went to London I had nothing other than just my clothes and it's quite weird you know I hadn't been gone for long so what six months I come back and six months without seeing my stuff even though it wasn't anything particularly exciting but six months not being able to just it was kind of almost exciting it was exciting looking at my stuff again it's like oh these are my books these are my I and mean, I don't know if I'd feel that way. I guess I would if I if I had six months not being able to live here and then I come back and like, wow, it's me punch bag. Where's Andre? <laughs> but you know, it'd be weird. Like, it's me table, it's me old, it's me television, it's me microphone, it's me outdated iPad. So yeah, see, so, yeah, I came back. I went, well, I didn't come back. I came back to where my dad was. Started the canvassing job. And then I got another job back in the factory again where I used to work, doing the, the meters. This time it was night shift. So I held both jobs for a while. I was rolling in it. I went from zero money to too much money, in a sense. Yeah, it was nice. 
anyway, that's my little story. I suppose I started thinking that Jim, two of the nicest people I've met, Jim and the man from the the place that uh, I worked at, who told me that I really had had a lot going for me and I had potential. No one had ever said that to me before. It mean it meant something, it really did. Still does. Actually. Still does. Anyway, that's me. So thank you for listening. Remember to be kind to yourself because you deserve to be happy. So do something nice for yourself today. See you later. Lots of love. Bye.